what will you take from this series and what do you want your young team to take from this series? Um, how hard it is. Um, give Rod and his team a lot of credit. They played a heck of a series. Um, they got a real good taste of what playoff hockey's like. Uh, the ups and downs. Uh, I think our a little bit of our inconsistency, you know, we're losing the first couple of games and both series hurt us. You know, you'd like to take that as a lesson going forward. Okay, so that's Lindy Ruff, head coach of the New Jersey Devils. Uh, New Jersey yesterday eliminated, as we all know, by the Carolina Hurricanes. Overtime, Jesper Fast with the tip. Carolina goes on to the conference final. And the New Jersey Devils are going home and a lot of decisions now. But before we get to, and we'll talk to Elliot about, you know, what's next for the New Jersey Devils and what decisions are on the horizon. Um, And we'll get into all the action tonight. You know, Toronto, I don't know if you know this, but the Maple Leafs are back in action tonight. They're facing off against the Florida Panthers. Another do-or-die game for the Maple Leafs, marshmallow sticks and all that kind of stuff I've been talking about all week long. That still applies. Oilers, by the way without Darnell Nurse, playing Vegas, without Alex Petrangelo, one-game suspension for both. Get into that. Um, But one thing that I want to point out here, you know how you always hear me talk about on this program how I don't cheer for teams, I cheer for players, and there are sometimes players that emerge in the playoffs and you just can't help but cheering for them. Like, I think for a lot of people on New Jersey, you know, Jack Hughes this year became not a star but a superstar. Like a real legitimate, hanging in the high rent district, superstar. But coming out of this series, the guy that I can't help cheering for now is Jonas Siegenthaler. Puck over glass, it's an automatic, right? There's no interpretation here. This isn't like, was that a trip? Maybe was, eh, Maybe if I squint, it wasn't really... And did the slash really do damage? Did it hurt a scoring chance? Was that interference? Ah, kind of, maybe, I'm not sure. What's the score of the game over in overtime? Maybe not. Puck over glass isn't that penalty, folks, as we all know. That is an automatic, you go to box, you feel shame, as Denny Lemieux once said back in 1976 or 77 when that movie came out. I can only imagine... And I think a lot of us do this. I think probably all of us do this. Try to, put, try to put yourself in someone else's head. Try to put yourself in someone else's mind. Try to understand, try to feel like what they must feel like at those moments. And every single second that Siegenthaler sat in the box last night for a puck over glass penalty must have been excruciating. That is torture. And only to watch your team's season end because of it has to be devastating. Siegenthaler just became one of my favorite players. I don't know about you, but I got a real soft spot in my heart now um, for Siegenthaler. That has to be a tough one to sit through. You know, I was saying on the podcast that just came out that Ellie and I recorded last night. I, I don't know how long it would take me to come out of the penalty box. If I was Siegenthaler last night, I I might just be sitting there until the crowds have gone home, peanut vendors, popcorn vendors, ushers, everybody has left. Zamboni drivers said, peace out. 
everybody's gone and just said, I'm still going to sit here for a while, guys. I'll turn the lights off and sweep up on my way out. Make sure all the doors are locked. Anyhow, New Jersey is out. Carolina goes on to the conference final. Carolina will face off against the winner of the Florida Panthers-Toronto Maple Leafs series. We may know the answer to that tonight. And if we do know the answer to that tonight, then we have a whole bunch of new questions, don't we? Let's start there. Elliot in the A Block in moments. Welcome to the Merrick Show. This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. All right, welcome back to the program. Still to come as well, I mentioned standing by for Elliot Friedman of 32 Thoughts on Hockey Night in Canada. Also, bottom of the hour, the sheriff will be aboard. Uh, Shane Knighty, uh, Vegas Golden Knights analyst. Uh, Knighty also working for the NHL on TNT as well. Life without Alex Petrangelo. It is only for one game. Many thought it should be more, but it's only one game for Alex Petrangelo. And uh, as we mentioned off the top, Edmonton Oilers without uh, the services of Darnell Nurse. Uh, Scott Lachlan from the Morning Skate on NHL Network, Sirius XM Radio. He'll stop by and also an hour or two. We'll finish off the show and we'll finish off the week uh, with someone who I believe might still be talking right now as we speak. And that is Philadelphia Flyers general manager, not interim general manager, Daniel Briere. So that's coming up in hour two. Meantime, Elliot Friedman from Hockey Night and 32 Thoughts. Elliot, uh, I want to get to the uh, Maple Leafs Florida Panthers game tonight. Although part of me, to be honest with you, is just considering, you know, going back two days and, you know, grabbing out and editing the uh, the the conversation that we had before game four because all those same points apply. Um, but I want to talk to you about the Carolina Hurricanes and the New Jersey Devils. The Devils are out. The Carolina Hurricanes, who become have just become this like dynamic force that is you know gathering strength as the playoffs go on here. Um, Carolina dispatches the New Jersey Devils. They go on to the conference final, and now we have questions about New Jersey. You know, I was opining about Jonas Siegenthaler and how all of a sudden he's now my favorite, one of my favorite players because I feel so bad for the guy sitting in the box for the puck over glass. What do you, what do you take away from that series? And maybe more so, what do you take away from the New Jersey Devils season? And did we just see a team now that's going to be in the playoffs for a long time? Because I don't think this is a, a one and done for this Devils team. Well, look, I, like where, where do you have to win in this league, Jeff? You, you have to win in this league down the middle. And right now, your top yeah. two centers are Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer. Like sources say, that's pretty good. You know, I know, mm-hmm. I know, I know your love. Or I, actually, I wouldn't even call it love. I would call it uh, like blatant lust for Hisher, who's a heck of a player. And <laughs> and now I'm getting on the same level with Hughes. Like like I told you yesterday, <laughs> I, I had heard that Hughes wasn't going to play. And um, yeah. you know, he he took warm up. He conserved his energy. And he went out there and he played. And he played pretty well, considering I think he's in a lot of pain. And I think, and you look at their D, and they're going to have to make some decisions on defense. But their D is pretty deep. Sure. And, you know, Schmid showed me, like, there's, there's a future there. Like, he got his taste. He now knows what it's all about. But the kid is really talented. And he's a real gamer. And, you know, they have some big decisions to make. They have Brat. They have Meyer. I think there's room for one, but not. I don't know if you have cap-wise, you can do both. Um, but I think there's room for one at least. And, uh, but those, you know, Brad in particular, those haven't been easy negotiations. But you have the baseline there for something that can be good for a very long time. Um, I, 
I think yeah. I think there's a lot of room to be excited about the Devils. Uh, is there room for? I know this might be a side piece here, but at times he's looked really good for the New Jersey Devils. Is there room for Yegor Sharangovich? That's a that's a great question because I had actually heard around the deadline that it was a possibility he might get moved because his arb award mm. is going to be high. Like his arb case is yes. really good. Now, obviously, New Jersey didn't do that; they kept him. But I think look, look, like you know me, what I do is I prioritize. Like, what are your biggest decisions? Well, your biggest decision is not Sharon Goldrich. He's going to have to, his future will be determined by A, what his next contract will be, and the puzzle pieces going in around him, Brat and Meyer. So I think it's a great question, yeah. Jeff, but I think his future is likely determined by what else is happening. Okay, let's, uh, let's bracket that conversation and, and spend a lot of time here with the Canadian team. So game five tonight, Toronto Maple Leafs, again, looking to stave off elimination of the hands of the Florida Panthers. All the same questions we had before game four still apply for game five and will probably still apply, I would imagine. And this is on my own sort of gut feeling. You probably feel differently until game seven when maybe the conversation changes if they get that far. Now, Matthew Nye skated this morning. He won't play. Samsonov skated this morning. He won't play. What do you look for tonight? Uh, the Maple Leafs believe they, they have the recipe. We saw it in game four. I guess maybe the big question is, can they do that again? And is that enough for, to beat the Florida Panthers twice in a row? Well, you know, and I think, uh, I think that's the way it's going to have to be, Jeff. You know, it's not aesthetically pleasing. It's not, it's not a Picasso, put it that way. But it, it's the way you have to win. And, you know, I think not only did they play really disciplined defensively, but their best players were, they came to play. You know, Marner had one of his best games of the year. Uh, I thought, you know, Giordano, who's coming off a rough game, he gave them some really good minutes. I thought Riley gave them a lot of really good minutes. Like, it's a combination of you have to be disciplined again. Your best players have to be great again. Um, you know, I really like Wall, and, you know, Sam Snob, I hope he gets healthy, yeah. but you know, right now, Jeff, Wall's the guy. Like, you're... Whoops, yep. Hold on for one second there. You're, you're riding with him now. He's, he's your number one goalie. And he will be as... And, and, like, you know, if he keeps winning and Samsonov gets healthy, he's not leaving. You know, the only way that they're pulling him yeah. from the game if they keep winning is if he gets exhausted. So, um, you know, I, he just has to be good. And he has been really good. I've been really impressed with him. I see what the Maple Leafs like of him, but... They have to be disciplined. Their stars have to be great. And look, the one guy who was really quiet for me in game four was Kachak. And I don't think that's going to happen two games in a row for each. Okay, we'll reconnect with, uh, with, with Elliot there. Um, I don't think that's going to happen two games in a row. And I don't disagree because the, uh, the, the enduring image of Matthew Kachuk coming off of game four uh, was headlocking his former line mate with the London Knights, Mitch Marner. That was the last thing we saw. But leading up to that point, that wasn't a quote-unquote Matthew Kachuk game. I don't know, and they, again, like we'll, we'll see. I, who knows who's injured and who's playing, you know, with uh, with this bump and this bruise. Um, but I don't know that, you know, provided that Matthew Kachuk is healthy enough to do it, that we get that quiet a game out of Matthew Kachuk. You know, it's um, this this Florida Panthers team. 
Um, and I know that I've had a lot of fun with the idea of them being, you know, the 2012 Los Angeles Kings with everyone in different roles. Oh, Verhege is Justin Williams. Look at all the game-winning goals. Bobrovsky is Jonathan Quick. Look at all that. Barkoff is Kopitar. Like I'm casting a 70s sitcom or something like that. Um, but this team does have very much a playoff spirit about them and a this-is-how-we-play-in-the-playoffs motif about them. Like, we talk about teams that know how to play in the playoffs and the regular season is almost just a, a secondary thought. Well, the Florida Panthers almost didn't even make it, as we all can recall, to the playoffs. And it, it's got to be a frustrating thing. And I guess the Islanders kind of went through this to some extent as well. Uh, I don't know about you, but I looked at the Islanders sort of all season and said, you know, this is more of a veteran team and this is a team that might be more better constructed just for the playoffs. And getting there is going to be a challenge. I'll be honest with you. I felt the same way about the Pittsburgh Penguins. I thought getting there was going to be a challenge. It was. But when they got there, I thought the Pittsburgh Penguins, provided they got a save, could do some damage. And I felt the same way about this Florida Panthers team. And we seem to have forgotten that it was only last season that they finished tops in the NHL. That this is a, you know, President's Trophy type team still. Mind you, with different pieces but and a new head coach. But these are playoff pieces. Uh, I think tonight's going to be a fascinating game. I don't think the Florida Panthers want to go back to sunrise. You know, I don't think you want to let a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs off the mat. Um, when you get that chance, you need to you need to slay that dragon. You need to put them out. I don't think anyone on that Florida Panthers team is saying, yeah, you know what, we, we'll, we'll, we'll get them back in Florida. We got a couple of games to play with here. Uh, I know Paul Maurice a little bit from my time in the American Hockey League and his time in the American Hockey League. And I know that's not how Paul Maurice thinks. And trust me, Paul Maurice, former head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs, former head coach of the Toronto Marlies, would like nothing more, nothing more than to send the Maple Leafs and the Maple Leafs organization into complete chaos with a loss tonight at the hands of his Florida Panthers. I get a sense of how Paul is wired here. And coaches, you know, we always talk about money on the board for players. Don't think for a second that coaches don't have that exact same feeling when you coach specifically in a playoff series against a team that you used to coach. And when you go through it in Toronto, you don't come out of it the same at the end. Like nobody, I always, always maintain this and you see this with players and you see this with coaches and you see this with managers and some never play again. Some never coach again. We don't see Ron Wilson around a whole ton, do we? And some don't manage again. Going through Toronto, ask anyone who's gone through it. Everybody says the same thing at the beginning. I know what this is going to be like. I can handle this. I know what this is like. No problem. I got this. Until it starts. Until you start to get in that maple leaf tornado. Until it actually begins. And then you get caught up in it and you're on an amusement ride. And at no point does it slow down. And at no point until the very end does it let you get off the ride at all? So trust me, 
he uh Paul Maurice would like nothing more than to uh than to win tonight and end it in Toronto. We're trying to get Elliot back, I believe, just sending uh, Maddie Marchese, my producer here, a note as to what we're doing here. Uh, quick reminder, Daniel Briere coming up in hour two. Shane Knighty at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk about the Vegas Golden Knights and also Scott Lachlan uh, in hour two. We will discuss um, pretty much everything going on around the NHL. We should park some time. We should really park some time and talk about the Dallas Stars and the Seattle Kraken. Um, that was an impressive performance yesterday by Dallas. And it was an impressive performance by a lot of people on that Dallas Stars team. And they can close out Saturday. Um, it'll be tough because it's back in Seattle uh, where that rink is loud and that ice is fast, as Dallas Akins has told us. Um, and that plays very well into the home team and how they're constructed and they have that extra motivation. So we'll get into that a little bit later on. In the meantime, we do have Elliot back. And, you know, Fridge, just making the point um, uh, when we lost you there that, you know, the Florida Panthers, I don't think they're looking at this right now up three to one and saying to themselves, you know what, we've got a few games here that we can close out. I think that, um, you know, knowing Paul Maurice a little bit that I do, uh, and knowing what it's like to go through the Maple Leaf spin cycle when you work in it or, or play in it, I'm pretty sure that he'd like nothing more than to end the series tonight in Toronto. That would just be some, some extra spice in the chili for Balmeris. Well, I, I think absolutely. I mean, uh, you saw John Cooper give the that's one, uh, the one time they won the game in Toronto. I wonder what Maurice would do. Yeah. It, would be kind of, it could be pretty interesting. That's a good one. But the thing is, Chap, I just think in general, you've got to have killer instinct. You can't let your opponents get off the mat. You know, I think Florida yeah. can understand, hey, we lost one. But now, you know, if you... If you if you get let them get to game six, now you're giving them genuine hope, right? So you you have to end that. Yeah. It's like mortal it's like Mortal Combat, mine. Man, it's like Mortal Combat. Like uh, <laughs> Goro comes out there and it's like finish him. Like that's what the Panthers are thinking. I think the other thing too, and we've talked yeah. about this a bit more, is um, you know Bobrovsky. If you want to get Bobrovsky rest, you have to end the series now. Uh, that's you know he, yep. he's a major he's a major well, reason you are where you are. You've got to get him rest. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? Because now Carolina waits and gets healthy and gets rested, and they wait, and the Hurricanes would like nothing more than this this series to go seven games, and for teams and goaltenders to uh, to exhaust themselves. This one, this one will be a fascinating one, as always. Leafs looking to stave off elimination, and if they don't, then boy, do we have a ton of questions. Um, but here, here, this might be the big one, Elliot. If the Maple Leafs lose tonight, how quickly do you think we get answers? Boy, that's a great question. Uh, that's a, that's a boy. That's a that's a great question, Eric. You're talking to a guy who doesn't really think much in advance, so I, I really have to. Well, you know, Jeff, it, 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 it's the weekend, and everybody's got to go for their barbecues and uh, and the massages yeah. and pedicures. So, I mean, I, boy, that's mm. that's that's a great question, Jeff. Um. Uh, my this is a guess. I, I don't have like most things I talk about. I don't have any real knowledge of them. So this is my guess: is that if <laughs> yeah. the Maple Leafs lose tonight, the players do their availability sometime on the weekend, and you know yeah. management and everyone takes a deep breath and thinks for a day or two. 
Yeah, I, I don't think it'll, I mean, there's just so much business on the horizon between uh, mm -hmm. the NHL draft and free agency and all approaching quickly if they're going to make decisions that affect both or one of or, you know, whatever, any of, any of these things. I, I would have to think that it's incumbent on Toronto to do it quickly. Because you know what, Jeff, we'll, I think, we'll see what happens I, think I think Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, I think, wants to get this done, at least their top hire. I think they want to be yeah. done in a week, a week to 10 days. And I think, I think Calgary is moving into the second phase of their interviews too. So like what Toronto does could obviously have some effect on all this. So yeah, I think, I, I, I think that's like at the very least, I think the people involved would want to know, like what's the situation here. Yeah. Um, quick thought on something we talked about on the, on the podcast, but now we've had a, you know data to, to, to think about it, to, to sleep on it as well. Um, Ryan Reynolds and Remington Group in Ottawa pulling out after they were denied the exclusive window to, uh, to negotiate a, a, a sale here with Eugene Melnick's daughters. Um, here we are a day later after the report and the story and further details coming out. Um, anything any more clear to you or is it about as you know, clear as a muddy lake? Well, I, I think it's the two things we kind of talked about on the pod. And, and number one, from a pure, like, legal slash business point of view, like, the people I know, like, the pod dropped, like, uh, not long before we got on the air. And I got a call from another friend of mine who's yeah. in the banking industry. And he said that the person who told you uh, that, they, that they couldn't be given an exclusive window and why not, they, he said they were right. Like, Unless you know that that bid is going to blow everybody out of the water. And he said, you have to think it's got to be a factor of 10 to 20%. You can't do it. Like you legally, legally, and uh, your fiduciary duty is you can't do it. And he understands why uh, the senators and, and, the, and the bank running this whole thing were unwilling to do that. Even though people don't like it, and Ryan Reynolds is very popular, He's like, from a business point of view, he gets that. But the second thing is, and I still maintain this, is that's, that story gets out at this time for a reason. And there's always a re Like, I work in this business long enough to know that things come out for a reason. And, you know, I think we're all trying to figure out here, what's the reason? Is Reynolds out for sure? Or was that a flare of this particular group with him isn't going to work? And I think uh, you and I had talked about a couple weeks ago that I think there had been some discussions about potentially merging some of the bids. And I'm, like, I don't know if Remington's going to be in this. They're very quiet. I, I, don't, I don't have a good feel on them. But, you know, and, and we'll see where this goes. I don't want anyone to run with this and say this. I'm saying this is going to happen. But the timing of it has people wondering if this was a flare that this particular group won't work. But... Maybe there's a room for other partnerships. I saw Ian Mendez had a story today about how other groups might, another group might be willing to put bring Reynolds in as part of it. I like people yeah. say like you, you can't help but look at that Jeff and say, you know, maybe was that the reason that this story got out at this time? Mm-hmm. 
I, I, I can't help but think, and I know we mentioned this on the pod, we'll, we'll move on. I can't help but think this is a head fake or, or maybe even a power move by Reynolds, essentially, you know, in indicating that, hey, you know, I'm, I'm piecing out, but I'm still kind of around. It's like, a, it's like the band that bakes in, like, uh, we're going to play six songs for the encore. We're just going to end the show, though, and they're going to beg for us to come back. And then we're going to play three songs. We're going to leave the stage. They're going to beg for us to come back, and we'll play our, our final three. Maybe that's the play here. Um, Edmonton without Darnell Nurse tonight and Vegas mm-hmm. without Alex Petrangelo. We talked plenty about the suspensions on the podcast. I don't want to redo the entire conversation, but what do you look for tonight? Like there are going to be some players with some increased minutes and responsibilities now that these two defenders are out. Well, I've always felt that one man's injury is an, or one man's absence is another man's opportunity. I've, I've kind of felt that way. I think you know, like the the one thing I I really do think that is is good about this is that they get it done yesterday, so everybody knows where they are today. Like nobody's waking up this morning unsure of you know who's in the lineup or who's going to do what. Like it's important that they get this done on the off day, so everybody knows. And now you know, it's like it's like you talk about you know before you have to have the killer instinct, you have to be business like. You know, if you're Bruce Cassidy or you're Jay Woodcroft. You're telling your guys, this is the reality. You know, we don't have Nurse tonight, or we don't have Petrangelo tonight. So you're up, Broberg, or you're up, Hutton, and this is how we're, and we need you to be you, and this is how we're going to win. Like, that's the only, there's no more whining, there's no more complaining. Um, you know, you at least not today. Maybe there will be after the series is over, but not today. <laughs> today is about preparing yeah. yourself to win a massive game. And that's all you can do if you're one of these teams. And, you know, to be honest, Jeff, like, if you can't, if, if you, like, you have to look at it with the, the thing is, if we can't win a game, one game without Darnell Nurse, or we can't win one game without yeah. Alex Petrangelo, we're probably not good enough to win yeah. the series. That's an excellent point. You know, I, I thought that, um, you know, Kevin brought Bieksa brought up something really interesting uh, last night during the game, during during one of the intermissions, and the conversation really didn't take off. But I, I can't help thinking about it, and I was thinking about it last night when I went to bed. I thought about it again when I uh, when I woke up this morning. What what type what type of explanation could Alex Petrangelo have even begun to put forth to to explain his actions? Like he chased down Dreisaitl. The play was over. The stick, you know, went up to 12 o'clock and came down at 6 right on the poor guy's hand. Like, what type of I'm, – I'm always curious, like, what what type of defense could Alex Petrangelo have put forth in that, in that hearing yesterday? Well, first of all, I, I, I find it hard to believe that Kevin came up with anything interesting on the show last night. I was watching and I, <laughs> I failed to come up with anything. He did. No, you, you know what, Jeff? Like, I, I've told you this before about myself. I used to have, when I was younger, I had a really, really bad temper. Like a really, really mm-hmm. bad temper. And my dad uh, would always say to me, one day that temper is going to get you in trouble. You have to control it because... You're going to come up with all the different reasons why, you know, you did what you did, but people are going to say that's too bad. You can't do that. And look, I, I think Al, I think Petrangelo went in there, and or the Knights went in there. I, I'm sure, like you know, Kelly McCrimmon or or uh, George McPhee or his agents at, at Newport went in there, and they and they probably showed all the clips of everything that was happening to him, and they said this is why this happened because yeah. you guys can't control it. 
And the thing is, is that he can be right about all of those things, but you still can't do that. And, you know, Petrangelo, like, as you said on the pod, he's got no history at all. Like, this is, I think, I think, the, I think the, his average penalty minutes in his career is like 25. Like, this is a, a really hard, clean player. But we all have moments where we snap. And that was a, the first thing I thought of when I saw that the other day was like my dad's advice. Like, you have to control your temper because one day you're going to snap and people aren't going to care what happened to you. They're going to say you did that mm-hmm. and you can't do that. And that's kind of what happened here. He, he was taking a lot of abuse and he just snapped in the worst possible moment. Uh, there, is, there is an old saying, you will not be punished for your anger. You will be punished by your anger. That's a good one. Before we uh, finish up, that, that is a good one. I've always kept that one in the hip pocket, and now it's finally appropriate. And I throw it out there in the context of a one-game suspension for a hockey player. I swear, all my years at University of Guelph studying <laughs> English and philosophy, it pays off here as I talk to you about playoff series. Uh, real quick, um, Philadelphia Flyers, the new brain trust, the new management group press conference today. I'll talk to Daniel Briere coming up in hour two. And, you know, as we've discussed over the past couple of days, um, and this is one of the quotes from Keith Jones. So we're, we're all curious, I think, Elliot, to how this thing is going to work. Here's a big clue. Uh, this from Keith Jones talking about his influence on the roster, hockey decisions, etc. Quote, I will give my opinion. Danny will make the final decision. The power rests with the GM here, Elliot. I think that was always the way that it was going to work. I, I believe that the Flyers, you know, the, the Flyers know Briere, right? Like he's been in their organization. They've been training him as an executive uh, for a long time. And I, I believe that was made very clear to everyone in the process that Briere was going to make their decisions. And, and, and uh, obviously Jones, like, I, like you know Keith Jones. I know Keith Jones. A lot of people out there know Keith Jones. Oh I don't think his ego is that big that he doesn't understand exactly what he's going into. And I, you know, I think he bleeds orange, even though in theory you're not supposed to bleed orange. Uh, He bleeds orange. He's going to do what, what he can do to make it work. Like everybody in, like the, the idea is everybody here understands their role. And I think everybody who was interviewed, like I said, I think there was at least one person who didn't like that and kind of said, no, this isn't for me. Uh, But, uh, I think everybody else who interviewed understood the way it was going to go. Talk to Danny Briere coming up in hour two. All right, uh, enjoy your afternoon. It's lovely in Toronto, uh, but we'll see what happens at the conclusion of three periods. The, uh, the storm cra- clouds uh, may be gathering. We will see. Thanks, Fridge. We'll, we'll watch you on the TV tonight. All right. He didn't call it the magic eyeball this time. You okay today? I got to mix it up every now and then. We'll watch okay. you on the magic eyeball, Elliot. <laughs> I right. really like my there old tiny go. references. Watch you on the I magic do. eyeball, son. Uh, <laughs> Elliot Friedman from Hockey Daddy in Canada and 32 Thoughts.